the Making Sense of Life podcast, episode 13. According to J.K. Rowling, life is difficult and complicated and beyond anyone's total control. The humility to know that will enable you to survive its vicissitudes. The Making Sense of Life podcast will not only empower you to navigate through a fast-changing world, but also to grow in body, mind and spirit. Inward change precedes outer transformation. As the ancient Greek author Plutarch once said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Medical Legal. Sunil also works privately with senior leaders. Go to drsunil.com forward slash corporate to find out more. Hello and welcome again to the Making Sense of Life podcast with me, Andrew Horton and Dr. Sunil Raheja. Sunil, great to have you here again. And today we are talking about resilience. So tell me, um, what, what's the kind of the, the overarching theme of what we're talking about today? Yes, thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here again. Resilience. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a subject that's, I think, becoming more and more. You hear about it more and more, I think, um, around um, in, in all sorts of areas. Um, but as we think about it, let's just reflect on, as it were, the opposite and, and, and what that looks like. Because I'm convinced as well, one, one of the things I'm very convinced is that we're going to need resilience more and more in our in increasingly complex lives. Mm. But to help us think about that, I want actually to, to give you a quote from an early 20th century writer, somebody called Oswald Chambers. Okay. And he talked about, uh, well, he doesn't use the word resilience, but you'll see where I'm going. He, he, but he talks about the consequences of a lack of resilience. Uh, and this is what Oswald Chambers wrote. He said, a great fear has been at work in my mind and God has used it to arouse me to prayer. I came across a man whom I knew a few years ago, a mighty man of God. And now 10 years have gone and I meet him again. Garrulous and unenlivened. How many men seem to become like that after 40 years of age? The fear of sloth and indulgence has come home with a huge fear and fairly driven me to God to keep me from ever forgetting what I owe him. So, sorry, it's quite, quite, quite a few words and it's a little bit sort of archaic, the language. Mm. Um, I mean, he's writing, you know, over 100 years ago. And I said, he doesn't use the word resilience, but he does. I, I don't know if you picked up, he uses two words, uh, which again, we don't use that much in English, but uh, he uses the words garrulous and garrulous. Uh, I had to go and check up in the dictionary. <laughs> it means to be excessively talkative, but excessively talking about about trivial things, about things that have no meaning or significance. Right. So he said he'd come across this man who, he'd, after ten years, who who was presumably in his late forties now, and this guy was just talkative and talkative about nothing of very of any significance, mm. and also unenlivened. In other words, dull and uninteresting as well. So. And I suppose the thing he said, this is so often the case, he says, of people who are over 40. So I know you're hitting the big 4-0 and I'm well over 40. I'm, I'm 36, so I'm still four years away. <laughs> so hopefully this will be helpful to you as well. And uh, quite sobering as we try to think about, we don't want to be garrulous and unenlivened as we get older. 
I must say I don't like small talk anyway. So uh, if it's sort of talking about things that are not important or not significant, I'm, I'm not big into that. So maybe hopefully that won't happen when I'm turned 40. But... Yeah. Well, obviously, there, there is a space. There is a, well, Again, there is a place for it. Yeah. But I think when all our lives are just dominated by small talk, that's the danger. You know, uh, another writer, V.W. Burroughs, he puts it quite bluntly when he says, one of the saddest experiences is to awaken at old age and discover that one has been only using a small part of the self. And I think that's what we're talking about, really. Yes, there's a place for small talk. Yes, there's a place to, to talk about, you know, the trivial things, maybe play trivial pursuits even. But, <laughs> but we're looking at the big picture of life. And so if we come back to resilience, resilience is about the power to master change, mm. thrive under pressure, and bounce back from setbacks. And again, as I said, you know, in our fast-changing, increasing complex world, this is such an important skill to master. But again... I think what we you know what these old writers are telling us is it's not automatic. You've got to be intentional about it. So, yeah, garrulous is is a great word, isn't it? But um, in terms of the um, sort of lessons we can learn, or the or the principles about resilience that uh, we can pick up, um, just give us a few examples of things that you you've, you've learned along the way. Yeah, so I think maybe a good place to start is thinking about definitions, really. Um, and again, just to preface that, I just, I just want to emphasize that this, this is not an automatic skill. You have to be intentional because if you think about our world that we live in and you think about people you meet, most of the time of what we, of what we see around us are people who are running around, you know, we use the phrase like headless chickens, mm. okay, trying to do more with less, getting very tired, feeling stressed. We talked about stress on, on a previous podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, getting depressed, getting, getting very negative, surrounded by so much negativity, burnout, you know, cynicism. They're all hallmarks of our day and age, but they're all marks, I would say, of a lack of resilience. Mm. But they are features of modern day life. Mm. And I think what I want to, the hope I want to give to, to our listeners is that doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to live the way that, 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 that the world around us is, is, is saying that we have, you know, in this kind of very negative, fatigued, stressed out, cynical, jaded, negative kind of way. There, there is hope, as you say, there is hope that we, we don't have to be kind of slaves to this world, do we? Absolutely not, yes. Uh, but it's very easy to think that sometimes. But, but you know, if we think about what a resilient person is, a resi- resilient person, just an example from a modern writer, Gordon, Gordon MacDonald, he says a resilient person is someone who's gone through adversity and not got weaker but become stronger so they can be an inspiration to others. Mm. Um, Kierkegaard talks about what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. Yeah. Uh, and so, and MacDonald builds on that. Uh, again, one of, uh, one, of the, one of the writers we, we, we've ref- referred to is John Maxwell. Mm. And he said, a resilient person is not someone who always does things right. They're a person who always gets back up. The issue is not have you fallen, but are you getting back up again? Mm. Because if you're getting up, you're a resilient person. So this ability to, to you know, if you think of like a little, a little child, you know, a little baby learning to walk, a little baby will get up, will try, will try to get up, fall down, get up, try to fall, get up, fall down, get up, fall down, get up, fall down. It's that ability to, to not allow the past to, di- to dictate your, your, your emotional state. Okay, if you take the baby example, the baby's fallen 50 times, but it doesn't say I've fallen 50 times, so therefore there's no point. It tries again, it tries again. And eventually the, the baby starts to crawl and starts to stand up takes one or two steps and then hey before you know it within a few months the baby's walking i know that one 
I suppose you could call it a technique. One technique that I use to try and help myself to be more resilient is just to say gently to myself in a difficult situation or facing something that's difficult, you're strong enough. You're str- you're stronger than you think, Andrew. You could, you're strong. Yeah. You're stronger. You're stronger than this, yeah. and and not in a kind of a uh, like a um, a sergeant sort of in an army barracks saying, "You're stronger. Get on with it." It's more like a gentle. You're yeah. stronger. You can be stronger. You know, and it's quite a nice way to yeah. to help me to to be motivated to get over those hurdles in life, as yeah. it were. And so you're you're showing a degree of compassion to yourself, mm. and. It's important that we have the right affirmation. You know, people do knock affirmations, but I think if you think of the opposite, if you if you spend time, well, and we can spend a lot of time thinking talking about the negative to ourselves, it's about reminding ourselves that um, that you know we are capable of more than we think or realize. I, I think that I forgot is, is the little red engine. There's there's a, there's a children's book, mm-hmm. and uh, in it they talk about this little engine who says, "I think I can. I think I can. I think I can." Yeah. And it's it's that, and, and and I've used that in the gym a few times when I'm doing my step machine and I'm feeling exhausted. I say, I think I can, I think I can, mm. and then I know I can. Mm. So again, we're not uh, we're not advising doing things that are impossible. So I'm certainly not I'm certainly not, and I'll say it here on this podcast. I'm certainly not aiming for the Olympics because that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm called to do. Yeah. But there are certain things that are a little bit beyond my comfort zone, which are God's calling on my life which I think I can do and I need to persevere on and I need to persevere rather than giving in. And you were saying about the definition of or one of the sort of descriptions of resilience is about being able to, to get up again after you've fallen. And I suppose in some senses, like in, in a step machine in a gym, you know, you're, you're getting up again, aren't you? You're, you're yeah. physically getting up again onto the next level and, that, and yeah. working harder. And, yes. and uh, but, but also, as you say, being compassionate and being... Uh, and having affirmation in, in your attitude towards yourself because there's nothing worse than being um, harsh on yourself just just completely um, arbitrarily because that can be quite um, destructive, can't it? Yeah, and that's obviously, I think, where that negative self-talk can lead to depressive thinking and negative thinking. And that's why it's really important that we very carefully monitor the thoughts that we allow in into our lives. And we, we've talked about this on, on, on other podcasts, haven't we, as well, Andrew? Um yeah so just as i say bring it back to sort of the definition of resilience and and, and the principles we can learn about resilience uh, what else can we can we can we look at here so now yeah i suppose it, and, and obviously the paraphrase not paraphrase the the other sort of caveat i want to add as well just is that it's resilient in the things that you're that you're that you're called to do, which you need wisdom in. So, again, if, if you want to know about wisdom, you need to go to the podcast on wisdom. <laughs> but um, what I do want to say, though, is is this isn't about uh, just gritting your teeth and saying that you know I, I know I can do something just because I tell myself and you know I'm mm. going to I'm going to win the Olympic games in in hockey in, uh, next time because I if I I couldn't do it I'm, I'm not able to do it. But there are things where I'm called to get up. When I fall down, get up and keep going and persevering on. And again, we've talked about um, leadership and level five leadership on another podcast. Uh, and again, if, if I'd encourage our listeners to to go to that as well. Okay, so is there anything else you want to just help us to understand about the definition of resilience and defining it, Sunil? Yes, thank you, Andrew. So there is this ability to get, to, to get up again when you fall down and to keep on doing that. It's the ability to absorb high levels of disruptive change, bounce back 
and even excel in times of change and uncertainty without acting in dysfunctional ways. You know, and, and sports are always is a great example of that. If you think about, say, uh, some of the great tennis uh, tennis greats or any, or any sport in, in, in many ways, but let's let's take tennis as an example. If you look at the the best tennis players, when they're playing against a a say a relatively weak opponent, then the game can be sort of fairly sort of weak. But when the opponent starts to attack and starts getting better, the best players, their level, their, their game rises to match mm. and it keeps getting better and better and better. It's almost as if they relish the challenge. They say, bring it on because mm. this is going to bring the best out of me. Mm. And there's something about resilience that says when, when the challenges come, this is just my opportunity to, to shine and to, and, and, and to really show what I'm worth. Again, easy to say, but uh, but that's that's what we're aiming at. Um, another example, definition is, is the ability to intelligently deploy limited resources. So again, think about it. It's very short. Intelligently deploy limited resources. So it's a, it's an understanding of, of who I am, my strengths and my weaknesses, and say, well, okay, what are the strengths that I can employ here, and what are the areas that I need outside help with. Mm. So it's it's not about trying to do it all by myself. Okay. Um, and so, as, as I said, you know, this is a, a key skill of modern life, and it's going to become more and more relevant as stress levels rise, and we have to take on more than we feel we can handle at times. So, you know, if we want to define resiliency, I'd say it's the ability to cope well with high levels of ongoing disruptive change, to be able to sustain good health, energy, and performance when under constant pressure. We said, you know, this bounce back ability, this flexibility to bounce back from setbacks, to overcome adversity, to change it to a new way of working and living when an old way is no longer possible. When you think, okay, this isn't working, we need to do something different. This isn't, rather than keep on doing the same thing again and again. You know, one of the definitions of insanity is doing the same thing again and again, expecting a different result. Mm. But to be able to do all these things without acting in, in dysfunctional or harmful ways, and as it were, having access to your best self. Okay, so that's kind of defining resilience. But often on our podcast, we're, we're quite practical, aren't we? So, you know, giving giving sort of tips and advice and that sort of thing. So, um, what uh, would you say is, is sort of the principles of how we can uh, uh, sort of stay resilient and, and develop our resilience? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. So, I think the central key thing is the importance of attitude and personal belief. Uh, and so, you know, one of our big themes in in on our podcast is this theme of inside out leadership mm. and so what we achieve inwardly will affect outer reality mm. as, as Plutarch says so it does start from from the from the inner game so again you know as someone said if you think you can or you think you can't then you're probably right so it, it's it's what I'm, I'm thinking and, and and if I think that, that, that I can't you know going back to your example you said um, I think I can do it I think I can do it having that self-talk is really, really important. Um, but let me just, well, let's, I've, I've got eight principles. And again, these, these are on the, on, on the website on, on drsunil.com uh, under the title, Eight Principles That Can Affect Your Level of Resiliency. Okay. Uh, so should we just kick off with number one? Yeah, the, the number one's always a good start. <laughs> it's a good place to start, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So whenever something happens that takes us by surprise, be that a positive or a negative <coughs> change, that, you know, that's sort of disrupting our lives, the first thing to remember is that the eventual outcome is that you'll never likely be the same again. If, if you remember that quote earlier on that, that we referred to, is that what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. 
and it's that realization that when the, that the challenges are there for they're not happening to me they're happening for me and again i think one of the things that we've lost in modern life is that when problems come and again i, I i'd be the first to put my hand up I, i'm this way if we, we just want the problem to go away mm-hmm. i have a pain i just want to get rid of the pain mm. and i think one of the first steps is realizing that this pain this problem this challenge is is here to teach me something mm. is here to help me grow in some way there is a purpose behind it it might be horrible it might be terrible it might be brutal and there are terrible brutal things that do happen but there is someone who's got a purpose behind it so am i going to allow this to crush me or as it were using the tennis player the sports analogy am i going to allow this to bring the best out of me yeah yeah okay so moving to number 2 so so the second thing, as, as you grapple with, with, with that unexpected change, your mind and your habits will create either barriers or bridges to a better future. So the key is, how am I going to think about what's going to happen? How am I going to look at it? That's the key, the key thing. That, you know, there is a place for that sort of, you know, that, that shock, that numbness. But how long am I going to stay in that state for? And this is the key thing of resilience, is that resilient people are... You know, we, we, we all have setbacks. We all have things that discourage us, but they don't stay there. That they, they, They're quickly able to get themselves back up again. That's that's number two. Okay, three. Well, the third one is that it's understanding the more I blame others for how bad things are, the more I'm kept in a non-resilient victim state. Mm. Now, this is really key because it's very key because, again, we all love to have a moan and groan. Mm. We all love to complain. And... Yes, there's a place for it because, you know, you know, if you're going through a tough time, it's really important to find a safe person who you can offload, offload, vent at, Mm. maybe use a few expletives that you wouldn't use otherwise. Okay, Mm. there's a place for that, you know, a a safe chamber to have that atomic explosion or or even tears at some or even tears. Absolutely. Or to break. Yeah. Or even tears to have that sort of have that explosion. But it needs to be a safe place. But. The longer I stay in that place, the more I become the victim. And, you know, the example I often think of is is the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer will tell you how cold or how hot it is. That's all it will tell you. It will just tell you the temperature. It will tell you how bad things are. You know, not not this this room is, but you could say this room is freezing cold. And all you can do is think about how freezing cold it is or how hot it is. But a thermostat takes the atmosphere and it changes it. Mm. And it brings it to a more optimal level so am i going to be a thermostat or am i going to be a thermometer <laughs> hopefully you know a resilient person is someone who's a thermostat that's, that's a good quote that's very good yeah okay so moving to number four the next one is, is fascinating and again it's counterintuitive is i have to learn to accept that life is not fair i mean how how many you know when we were children or we've got children we hear our children say that's not fair Mm. well reality is life is not fair Mm. and if i spend all my time saying this is not fair this is not just it's very easy for me to fall back into the victim state Mm. but the more i'm able to take personal responsibility the more able i'm likely to be to overcome the adversity and to bounce back and recover from the step back it's like our entitlement culture, isn't it? I think that's. I think you've hit the nail on the head there as well. There's something about the entitlement culture and this issue that, that I deserve this, I should have better. Mm. And again, we're talking about balance here. And 
but really the world is incredibly unfair you know if you if you look at, at you know the issues of, of wealth and standards of living around the world you know the things that we enjoy there's no reason why we should be enjoying any of these things the world is unfair so the more the sooner i can accept the world is unfair the less i can get out, out of that victim mind, mind step okay we're moving on to number five number five so number five is developing res resiliency skills that are unique to you as a person. Mm. So again, we're all different and we all have different strengths and weaknesses. We all have different battles that we're dealing with and we must never play the comparison game. Mm. But if I can understand, if it, well, first of all, I can, I can, well, number, we're on number five. I can see that I can develop unique resiliency skills through intentional learning. So... Someone said the significant problems we face lie outside our comfort zone. They lie at a different level of thinking. So the more motivated I am in wanting to be more resilient, the more empowered I will have to have resiliency skills. Just raising that question that there must be another way, that there, this doesn't have to be like this. Okay, I think I can get out. I, can, I think there's a way out of this. Opens, opens a door that otherwise would be shut. Whereas if I say it's impossible, it's hopeless, there's nothing that can be done, that shuts all the doors. Mm. Remember I said earlier on, if you think you can or you think you can't, then you're probably right. <laughs> like that, that's what you're doing. I think in a sense, what you say about being sort of, it's almost, it's almost being smart about the, the way that you you um, develop your resilience, isn't it? In terms yeah. of it, tailoring it to yourself. But also, I was, I, when you said that, I was thinking about sort of the, the books and the self-help books that we read we shouldn't just take them hook line and sinker should we we should we should assimilate them and bring them into and, and bring them to a point where we where they kind of complement where we are at that time isn't it exactly and one of the things when, when i've uh, when, when i do when i do coaching with some senior leaders one of the things i say to them is you're you you know i i might be an expert in certain areas about personal development about leadership about even resiliency to a point and, and mental health issues mm. but you're the expert on you mm. you're the one who knows yourself. so you've got to we've got to hold that tension so there are some wonderful teachers and gurus out there who've got some wonderful skills mm. and, and teachings that they can give but you've still got to take what they teach and what they say mm. and think about how does this apply to my context mm. you've got to do that hard work of self-reflection of self-evaluation and think okay what applies to me and what doesn't apply to me like that okay moving to number six it's just linked to what we're saying the more i understand and know myself the more i'm able to enhance my resiliency skills so as we said it's just building on what we're saying there is that i use that my skills of self-awareness self-observation experimenting trying things out mm. you know that that is really important so you know giving giving an example and, and, and i don't think it's just it's just unique to me um, one of the really important skills to develop for delivering resilience is physical exercise, mm. is the importance of, of, of good sleep, of good nutrition, of, of self-care. Because if I'm able to look after myself uh, and make sure that I'm in my best self possible, then I can face challenges mm. and have a clear mind. You know, as you said, it's about thinking smarter, not thinking harder. And not only does that help you in terms of self-improvement but then it has a knock-on effect to 
all the other people in your sphere of influence, doesn't it? Exactly. So that I can then give my very best self to the problems and situations and challenges that are in front of me. You know, it's like they say on, on, on an aeroplane, in case of decompression of the cabin, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on your child or loved one next to you. Because if you haven't done it to yourself, then how can you help anybody else? You can't give what you don't have. It's a principle we touched on in another of our podcasts about leadership, wasn't it, Sunil? Yes, so, um, that's right. Okay, so let's uh, move on to number seven. Seven of eight. <laughs> yes, that's right. We're almost there. So, so number seven, the ability to be self-aware and observe yourself is where you can develop conscious choices. So we, remember we talked about self-awareness, the ability to think about our own thinking, mm. which makes us completely unique uh, from, from the whole animal kingdom. Because as we think about our own thinking, we can start using phrases as I choose to, mm. I, I, you know, rather than I have to do something. Yeah. Or, or, so it's, it's a shift in the use of words can have very profound, a very profound impact because that can lead to feelings of freedom and independence rather than, as it were, going into that victim mindset. I mean, Viktor Frankl is, is, is a perfect example of that. You know, think about this guy. He's a, a, a Jewish psychiatrist in, an, in a Nazi concentration camp. He sees mm. terrible things happening. Mm. But he realizes that although he's got no personal freedom, you know, he's got locked guards all around him, mm. there is a part of him in his mind that no one can touch unless mm. he gives them permission. Mm. So what he does there, he starts creating an oasis in his mind, an oasis mm. of personal freedom. He starts thinking, what are the lessons I'm learning from this experience? Mm. What are the things I will teach my students when I get out of here? Mm. And it's from that he, that he developed logotherapy. And it's from that that he was able to develop the resilience to go through a situation that many others just couldn't survive and, and, and eventually died in. It's interesting, isn't it? Just as sort of a side angle here, Sunil, I just want to ask you, how, how, <laughs> it might be a, a question that perhaps no one knows the answer to, but how do you um, balance the uh, being... Reserving, like that, this Victor Frankl case, reserving a part in his brain that no one could get to, so keeping that for himself and, and, and not being um, exploited by by the Nazi regime. But how do you balance that with not becoming sort of mad or insane, that sort of thing? It's difficult. I mean, if, if you're trying to, if you're in, in that sort of wow. situation, it's very difficult, isn't it? I, I imagine to, to keep your sanity while being under such yeah. sort of pressure I, I mean that was obviously a horrific example and a very extreme example but if we talk about our own lives i think it does go back to the importance of relationships mm. and the importance of having safe people mm. who you can talk openly and honestly with mm. so people who you can you know well i'll give you an example i woke up the other morning and i said to, i turned to my wife and i said i'm really scared and I knew that I could say that to her mm. and she wouldn't be freaked out by it. So she yeah. said, and, and the other big thing is that when you're feeling fearful or scared or worried about something, the question is, is that tiredness speaking or is it really the situation or is it your perception of the situation? Mm. And if I look at that thing, when I said to her, I was scared about, about a particular situation, I think there was an element of tiredness about it, certainly. And, and fatigue was speaking into that. And I do know that, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have experienced that, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, mm. when your blood sugar is low, when you're feeling tired, when it's dark, it's very easy. And for something to pop into your mind, which at that time you can do nothing about because mm. it's the middle of the night, mm. and for your mind to then start 
as it were, going on a wild goose chase on, on starting to sort of catastrophize and think of the yeah. worst possible scenario. Mm. And that's why, I mean, God made us for a relationship. That's why we need safe people who we are able to, to talk our fears to, who are able to um, process our feelings and emotions with. I mean, even Jesus did that. Mm. Jesus, uh, on, on the, on, when, when he, uh, he was in Gethsemane, you know, the, you know, God in human form at that time, at his t- hour of darkest need, when he knew he was going to go to the cross, asked his disciples to stay awake with him. Mm. He wanted their company. Mm. And so the need for human companionship, human friendship, human support is not a weakness. Mm. It's God-given. It's, it's part of the way we're created. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating stuff, Sunil. Thank you so much for all your insights on that. So let's move on to final one, number eight in this series. We're going to get, we're going to touch down very shortly. So, so, the, so the number eight is the more resilient you become, the more effectively you are able to handle disruptive change, adversity, adversity, and major setbacks faster and easier. So, if you like, you know, um, one of my one of my Bible verses that, that I go to is, is from James chapter one. Uh, verses two and three it says consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance now i i shirk at it as well but it's saying when you have problems consider them as a gift and who wants a gift of problems but what it's saying is that actually it's it's god's measure of confidence in you because he knows how much you can handle and so he's giving you the problem because he's using it to develop perseverance develop character within you yeah and so if you like, this is very the scary thing. The more resilient you, the more resilient you become, the more challenges you will face mm. because your your back will be stronger and you'll be able to know how to handle that. And it's not for the means to an end for you just to be self-improved by God, is it? It's about helping then your church and your community in a sense, isn't it? Absolutely. So again, all these skills are not just there for yourself. They're there for you to grow as as a full-rounded individual so that you can then be of service and help in this world that that desperately needs you and that desperately needs you uh, our listeners as well and whatever whatever you're called to do i think there's uh the opening to i think it's either one corinthians or two corinthians i can't remember off the top of my head but uh, it's about how you, you 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 go through these trials so then you can then help yes. other people yes. uh, and i think that's, that's right. um, i think god comforts us in, in our troubles so that we can help others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from god mm. it's that's the key point is that you know, is, is is that God blesses us? God gives us good things so that we can be a blessing to others. So you know, I think is it Maxwell who talks about the fact is 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 be a river, not a reservoir. Mm. So the good things you learn, share with with others. Okay, Sunil. So sort of coming into to, to land now, and uh, I think you've got a, a Bible passage you want to share with us to kind of wrap up a lot of our thinking from perhaps a biblical perspective. Yeah, and it's from Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm reading from the New International Version in, as well. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and it's just the first three verses. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So perseverance and resilience, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I think that just really, for me, sums up resilience because 
just you know just from what it's saying there he's saying remember you're not alone mm-hmm. you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. that that the, the whole you know the whole of of creation and and and, and the heavenly beings are, are are watching you throw off the things that you know that drag you down and the things that entangle you the the wrong the wrong thoughts the wrong ideas the wrong feelings and run with perseverance the race that god has marked out for you there's a unique path for every for every person that God has called them to, to do. But we do that not in our own strength, but we do that fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer. He's the one who went first and he's the perfecter of the, of our faith. And why did he do it? He didn't do it gritting his teeth. He did it for the joy set before him. Mm. And the joy set before him was, was seeing all those who would who would um, be with him in, in eternity and whose salvation he was bringing about. So that's the way he endured the cross. He scorned its shame. I mean, it's incredible. He scorned its shame. Mm-hmm. And he came through and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So it says, consider him and uh, who endured such opposition so that you won't grow weary and so that you won't lose heart. That, I think, is a, f- a fantastic um, summary definition of, of resilience in all its fullness. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you can get all the show notes for this episode from drsunil.com. And could you do us a favour? Head over to iTunes to rate the programme. This is by far the best way to get this content into the hands of those who need it most. Also, do you think about who you could pass details of the podcast on to? Don't forget to check out the blog for more great content. That's drsunil.com, helping you to make sense of life in a challenging and complex world. Until next time, goodbye for now.